Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Ferriss, this is episode 180, and let me, uh, let me tell you, we are doing a full 180 compared to last week's show, uh, because there was no show last week. Scheduling conflicts arose, so here we are. It is uh, Birds All Day, we're back, the Blue Jays are playing the Orioles, as is uh, required for this, this, this season. If I had to sum up the 2018 Blue Jays season, it would be the Blue Jays and the Orioles were playing on a Monday night, uh, because it sucks. Uh, but that's about it. I don't know. What else is there to say? The The youth movement is afoot. So uh, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. And to joining joining me, uh, joining me as always. Uh, old reliable. Mr. Andrew Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right. You're doing all right in the, in the Blue Jays-Orioles uh, version of the season? Yeah, it's uh, much like a lot of the season. It's... Uh... It's been interesting background noise that I haven't found myself focusing too, uh, uh, you know, too difficultly on. You know, too, I haven't really, really poured myself into the Jays Orioles series the way maybe I could have. It it is so dire. the The Orioles are so dire, and and their lineup is so disgraceful, and their pitching is so bad, and the Blue Jays are not much better. Let's all let's all be real. And, uh, like, when the, these two teams hook up, it is the worst thing, <laughs> the worst part of the worst season. And I was pretty grim. But, uh, you know, we sold your own. We could be worse. We could be doing, we could be on a podcast about the fucking Orioles. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, it's, which... it, it's uh, disgraceful a little bit. I, you know, I don't know. For... Four hits off Jimmy Hess. I don't know what the fucker, what his first name was. David. David, David Hess, Hess. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's not great. Uh, Kendrys obviously did not set the major league record with the consecutive home runs. I, things felt kind of positive, actually, uh, after Saturday's game against whatever the hell team they were just playing. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on right now because it was kind of like... You know, Jansen getting hits and Guriel and some of the young guys were doing things. And then it's like, oh, by the way, uh, Josh Donaldson cleared out his locker for some reason. Troy Tulowitzki is going to insist on being the shortstop. So, the you know, the rebuilding Jays next year are going to, like, opening day are going to have Martin, Tulo, Morales, and Smoke on, <laughs> on the field for some goddamn reason. Or so, you know, or so it is slated to be right now. Uh, I think it's got a bit weird. Then, the, you know, you got to fucking go face... Uh, Baltimore and get your fucking head handed to you. Uh, but for a moment on the weekend, uh, you know, you felt you, you almost felt good about things. No, you got you got caught up in the players' weekend excitement. Maybe that's, that's what, what I did. Tell yeah, yeah. Uh, players' weekend is is always good fun. It's always nice to see them wearing like cooler shoes, I guess, and and having some stuff on their bats. If nothing uh, the else, jerseys, yeah. the jerseys don't do too much for me, but but it's it's fine, I guess. Uh, that was the Phillies that the Blue Jays played on the oh, weekend. Oh, yes. Which, playing spoiler. Which was, yeah, playing spoiler. Phillies are in a bit of a free fall, kind of falling apart. But, so I think you, you touched on, so I, as I said, we're going to do, uh, because we missed last week, we're going to do two episodes this week. I think we should split them up. This week, because there's been a lot of news on that front, we'll talk about the old people. Okay? Sure. So we'll talk about, as you touched on briefly, we'll talk about Troy Tulowitzki. We'll talk about Josh Donald. We'll talk about Kendrys Morales. And we'll talk about whatever else um, comes up, whatever else kind of, uh, you know, wherever this free-flowing conversation leads us. But let's, yeah, let's start with Tulowitzki. 
Lotulo was in town in Toronto, which I don't I, I don't remember him being there too often this year. No, uh, because he hasn't played a single game for the Blue Jays of this season. Uh, and he did, a, did some press, and I guess it was became official that he will not be able to suit up for your Toronto Blue Jays this season. And then, yeah, there were some some comments, and, and I saw you um, sharing Keegan Matheson of uh, of baseball Tor- uh, Tor- Toronto baseball baseball Toronto, and uh, baseball he, Toronto, he does yep. stuff for the score as well. Uh, oh, do they do, was, do they do content now? Uh, seems like it. They're diving all the way in. They're they're diving right smart, in. Smart play to on the <laughs> the World Wide Web. Yeah, they're just all all over it. Cool. But uh, but Keegan, uh, he kind of transcribed all of the comments, and I saw you noted that it is a bit of a better look for Tulowitzki because Tulowitzki came off a little wacko, maybe in his initial and in the kind of cl- well, uh, blurbs and excerpts that were kind of floating around. Well, the the folks like the uh, understandably so. Uh, the folks like the, the a nice pull quote, a nice uh, scary thing. Uh, so what was it that he, you know? I'll I'll pack my bags if uh, if I'm not going to play shortstop or you know whatever it is, uh, which kind of raised some eyebrows. And uh, there were some tweets about that. But then if you read the quotes that he say, you know, it's just it sounds like you know dad mode Tulo just being like, yeah, I mean, I, I welcome the competition. If somebody is better than me and takes the job, then I, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff like stuff that. One you would expect from somebody, you know, the stuff. I, I, people, I don't know if anybody would have been would have been happy, you know, no matter what he said. You know, he can't have come out and said, "Well, I'm just going to roll over and I'm going to be a cheerleader for you know twenty million dollars the next couple of years." Like that, obviously, mm-hmm. would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of the thing, I don't give a fuck. I get paid all the same. And, I don't care how many fucking Cubans you bring in here. I, I'm still getting rich, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, would not have come off very well. And no. and you know. Part of what made Tulo so great, or makes Tulo so great, I don't know if we're ready to use the past tense, though <laughs> probably should be, um, mm-hmm. is the fact that he's just such a fierce competitor and, and you know believes in himself and is going to go out there and do the work. And you know, even though he's been away from the team, I mean, he's running on a goddamn gravity treadmill. Like he, we kind of, it's easy for us to put him out of our minds and to think, okay, well that's done. But he's, I am sure, working his fucking ass off to try to get back and to try to, you know, be out there. He's got to finish out that contract to collect those checks, right? I mean, unless he physically can't play. So, uh, right. you know, that's that's what he's going to do. I mean, and he, uh, he bristled at the idea of playing a different position, uh, which I think we've seen for years and years, you know, even dating back to in Colorado, even if, you know, Jays fans weren't paying him much attention. Uh, Matt Gross, I retweeted a comment from him who sometimes writes for uh, Bluebird Banter, but is out in Colorado way is like, you yeah, know, that's, you know, he was saying that <laughs> back in Colorado, like, no, I want to finish my career as a shortstop. I am a shortstop. And it's something that he, you know, believes in and is wired into his personality and his being and what, you know, he is as a baseball player. So it wasn't, as super weird as it maybe sounded, I think if you if you sort mm-hmm. of look back at the comments with the proper context, I know I've kind of misconstrued a couple comments, which is why I was tweeting about it and had to. I'm like, oh, I better walk this back a touch because I, I don't think that there was anything you know malicious about him doing it. It's a, it's a bit of a messy situation for the Jays, but uh, but that's you know we knew that already, right? Like that's what the situation is. I think that's one of the things that we, as regular people and people who work desk jobs and people who aren't 
elite athletes and haven't been that way for the bulk of our lives, uh, the difference between that mentality and like, I don't think that most of us really understand it. Um, and even if you're around those guys every day, maybe you see it or you hear those comments more often, more often, but like, uh, the example that I'll use, and, and if, if you are listening to this podcast and you are a subscriber to The Athletic, uh, where you can read Stoughton's work uh, many times a week uh, at The Athletic Toronto, <laughs> yeah. there is uh, a great story that Mark Carrick wrote, Mark Carrick, right, yep. for uh, for The Athletic about David Wright. And yeah. David Wright and Troy Tulowitzki parallels are, I think, very similar. Um, I think, it, from the sounds of it, Wright's injuries are worse. Uh, David Wright, I if I was David Wright or if I was David Wright's family, just based on this and what you read and see, I would worry about the, the, the his enjoyment of life after baseball because he is in a lot of pain a lot of the time. Uh, but he still goes and he goes to the ballpark. You know, he's been on an extended rehab um, stint at, in Port St. Lucie, the you know the Mets equivalent of of, uh, of Dunedin, and just working tirelessly and hours and hours he has to come in ahead of time so that he can play a high A rehab game. I'm just trying to get back, just trying to get back on the field. And I'm, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Tulowitzki is, going, is, is doing his equivalent of that, going through that extra work, trying to get his body into the position where he knows that he can go out there and perform at his best, whatever his best is in 2018 and then into 2019. Uh, I was listening to the game on the radio on Sunday, uh, driving home from a beautiful... Uh, Georgian Bay. And uh, it was just interesting listening to uh, Mike Wilner and Wagner, Ben Wagner, kind of cross-examine and, and Arden Zwelling as well, kind of going through his comments and kind of coloring in around the lines a little bit, talking about how he had a lot of praise in his comments for La Lemis Diaz and Lourdes Guriel, saying that uh, yeah, Diaz is like the most improved Blue Jay, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Wilner yep. kind of slyly said, uh, you could tell about, you know, that he was complimentary of these guys and he and had high, high, lots of high praise for them. They're his teammates and he was obviously rooting for them. But he probably he definitely still thinks that he's the best option at shortstop. Because that's, oh, that's yeah. how he has to think, like yeah. you said. He can't he can't go in there and be like, Well, they gotta play me because they gotta pay me. So but uh I, and I don't know that it's wrong. I mean it's nice when Diaz is swinging the bat and, and Guriel is kind of can do a lot of interesting things and it's fun to watch um those two sort of uh find their feet at the big league level. But uh you know, to the whiskey, it's it, it's a huge thing, right? It's a huge piece of the payroll, which obviously gets the wrong kind of attention from the wrong kind of fans, uh, frankly. And and that's the big debate going on. I've seen online a few times today is like the Joe Maurer debate. Twins fans tearing right. him down and talking about the money that is wasted. And and uh, I I think there are some Blue Jays fans that are kind of some are thinking the same thing. Well, those and fans are wondering the same thing. They're those, they're fools. Those fans are completely fools. I mean, the money. Is irrelevant at this point, no? Like, I mean, is it is it stopping the Blue Jays from getting fucking Bryce Harper or getting a big ticket free agent next winter? Like, no. Like, that's not the position that they're in. I mean, they will have a hard time convincing anybody to take their money. They might, you know, they might have some mid-tier guys who will look at it and, and you know, maybe if they're, you know, if things break well for them, they can have like a Jake Arrieta situation where there's a guy who... You know, they can Someone throw a bunch of money the at Blue Jays. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you could you could throw some money at somebody maybe a year earlier than you think you need to and and sort of be looking uh, a couple years ahead just because you have an opportunity to do so. But I mean, the Blue Jays, 
at twenty million dollars, I mean, if it's not going to go, if it's not going to go to Tulo, where is it? Where is it going to go? Like they're they're not going to be able to find. This is the other this thing with like uh, uh, the the Donaldson money, I think too. Which will, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit. But but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the. I don't know what their expectations of payroll are going to be, but it, it's it's bizarre to me that anybody would worry about that $20 million as though the difference between the Jays being good enough next year and not good enough is going to come down to that. There's a part of me that also wonders about the, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it mentality, where if the Jays somehow didn't have to pay these guys, if it's Martin and Tulowitzki and then maybe Donaldson this year and next year, the front office is going to have a hard time spending that money anyway. And the next thing you know, their budget is $100 million instead of 160 or 180, whatever it is. And then to get it back to that would be a, was going to be a significant challenge to make that business case either because a, the team will be awful or B, well, why do we like, we're good at 110. Why can't we get it done for that? Like I, I just, there's a part of me that fears that that is, that could be a factor. Yeah. Um, but, but because so, you I mean, because it's like you've observed the way this ownership has worked in the past, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it's a bean counter organization. It's a, it's a it's a large publicly traded organization that has to be accountable to its shareholders, the most important people in the universe at all times, the shareholders, uh, and uh, and to the other business units. So they can't just literally piss money away, or when they what what they view as pissing money away, because they can't. There's accountabilities that are that are baked into the nature of this kind of an ownership as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show 180 episodes uh strong <laughs> yeah but but yeah the money is the money and 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 that was part of the, the risk and and again you you could go back look no they aren't making the they aren't the same team that they were in 2015 or 2016 without Tortu and if you really truly believe that they could have used that the prospect capital of Jeff Hoffman and um uh, Miguel Castro and you know whatever else if you can if you feel as though they could have used that prospect capital better somewhere else sure but I still don't think it makes the, the on-field team good enough to get where they got in 2015 and get where they got in 2016 at all I don't and I, I to, to debate that is foolish but also that all happened and let us remember that and revel in it and the fact that the 2015 team was the best team that uh, was going into the playoffs. It was better than all the other eight teams in the playoffs, and it just didn't work out that way. A shame. They made it back the next year, and then now they're here at the crossroads, wondering what they're going to do. They know what they're going to try to do, and I mean, I think that the the front office. I mean, what do you think? Is the front office cheering for Tulisky? You know, hoping that he's going to make a return and and be a competitive player, or are they secretly hoping that he's he's off out I... and? and yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know anything. I just fucking mm-hmm. sort of read tea leaves for a living. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, but you know, I, I honestly, yeah, I, because what would you, what would you prefer, right? I mean, if you really believed in him, then maybe you would look at Alemis Diaz and look at the value that he's shown this year and what he, you know, he's done in the second half and think, okay, we could turn JB Woodman, who was fucking released by the Cardinals this summer, the prospect that they got. Uh, uh, that they, they traded for Diaz was released. So, uh, you know, they they no matter what happens with Diaz going forward, that's already an enormous win, that trade. You know, even though certain reporters, I I can't think of one in particular, might tell you that the front office, front office keeps bungling trades. Uh, but, uh, but, I mean, you could look, they could possibly look at that and say, okay, we can 
recoup or we could get a lot of value out of this trade by moving Diaz and feel comfortable going forward with Tulo. But why the hell would they feel comfortable going with Tulo, right? I mean, even if oh, yeah. all signs are good, right? I mean, you I, you can't divest yourself of Diaz. You can't, you know, Guriel is a nice piece going forward, even if maybe Diaz is a guy that they don't necessarily think is like foundational. But you're not getting rid of those guys. So yeah, what do you do with Tulo? I don't, you know, I don't know. Do you like maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would prefer if I was the Jays, uh, unless they're, you know, of the mind that just, you know, cut bait. But I don't think the, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be an option either. I mean, it would certainly. I mean, we'll like we'll get into in the Donaldson conversation like that. That seems to be animating them a bit there, right? Like they just don't want the roster mess. Uh, though I think there's obviously other factors at play there as well. But the whole idea that uh, has been talked about the last couple of weeks about Donaldson not, or, or the Jays not necessarily wanting to offer Donaldson the qualifying offer because they're afraid he'll accept it, uh, partially is to do with uh, with the fact that it just complicates things. They, things, they have too many infielders. He's a guy who's going to want to play third base, et cetera, et cetera. And Tulo's kind of the similar thing. So if, if it makes sense for Donaldson, maybe it does make sense in Tulo's situation that the Jays would... Uh, uh, just think of walking away, but that uh, at the same time, I don't know. With one year left after this one, if he comes back and has a nice first half, you can eat some money. Maybe you can move him. You're paying him anyway. He could be good. He certainly, you know, says the right things when he's there in front of the microphones, and, and seems like he's mm-hmm. a guy that you would uh, you would be thrilled to have around your young players, and 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 gets it and understands that you know. Uh, if somebody takes that job away from him, they've taken that job away from him. That, I mean, that's what he says, but he hasn't really had to face that yet. But uh, uh, And is willing to work with younger players and, and help guys get better, not worrying that they may take his job away, which I think is something that in, in a player like that, of that stature at this point in his career, is probably a real positive. You know, you don't want guys who are afraid to share knowledge uh, and who are, you know, looking over their shoulders like Tula probably should be. Uh but but I mean, it just it, it just doesn't seem like a, like well, how does it how does this possibly end except like them eating a bunch of money and him going away? I mean, so why maybe they want to do it sooner than later? The the roster situation is it, it does complicate things, and 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 especially for those of us who are always openly pining for the team to play the kids and bring up the you know bring up the ones we want to see. Uh, and I, I've said before on this show, and, and I'll say it again, that I am definitely not opposed to the idea of Torchelowitzki and Bo Bichette having lockers side by side, even if it's in spring training next year or whenever, and, and having those two you know, continue a friendship or a partnership or however, a very paternal relationship that uh, began years ago in, in the, right there in Colorado. Um, I'm okay with that. But... <laughs> But I'm I'm as okay with that as Rogers is can't be okay with the idea of paying Torchelowski thirty eight million dollars to go away, um, or paying anyone thirty eight million dollars to go away because uh, that's a pretty severe haircut. Yeah. And uh, well, and I think well, well, let's talk about the Donaldson thing now. Okay. So well, Tulowitzki, well, we, you know, well, we don't know. Hmm? Before you say that, I, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, if Tulo is okay, and it uh, it sounds like this is where I kind of got to. It's like if Tulo's okay with going into spring. With a, in a competition for shortstop here, with knowing that you know there's a decent chance that he gets cut loose at some point if he isn't up to the task, and ends up 
you know, if it's his preference to do that and potentially end up a free agent in April or in May when it's going to be a lot more difficult for him to catch on anywhere, uh, then I, I, I guess you go forward and that's, you know, you just see what happens. I mean, it, it's weird because you want to get reps for guys like Guriel and for guys like Diaz. Presumably. I, I mean, ideal I, situation, a repeat of what we're seeing right now. Colorado, 2019 Colorado Rockies, competing, fighting tooth and nail with the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and maybe even the Dodgers for the 2019 NL West title. They need a spark on the infield. Trevor Story goes down with an injury. What do they do? They turn back the clock. They bring back Tula Whiskey. That's what we need. That's what we, we need Tula to be healthy and the, and the Rockies to be good, and then it'll all come back together. And the Jays can pay him to go away. Yeah. So another, you know, another factor too is like, I mean, what, you're, you're, they it seems like they're trying to establish uh, a culture among the younger guys that are coming up. I mean, obviously they still have Morales and Granderson and a bunch of guys, but I mean, mm-hmm. what, how does that play if you're Alemis Diaz or if you're, you're if you're Lourdes Gurriel and you're in Triple A because? Oh fuck! Like Tulo's still there, like sort of looking like a shell of his former self, but getting it done enough to hold down that roster spot. I mean, that's that's an awkward situation, which feels a little too close to inevitable, right? Right. Uh, well, I think so. Looking at the, and talking about the Tulowitzki thing, Tulowitzki obviously at the towards right at the end, presumably at the end of his career, and while the Jays are. They do owe him a significant sum of money, uh, part of a contract that he signed years ago in another city. Um, whether or not they owe him a certain amount of playing time or other... The only thing they owe him is some dignity they owe, and a big pile of money. But the Donaldson situation, I think, is a little bit more complicated because if they do extend him the qualifying offer and he does accept, not only then are you um, paying him whatever the amount of money might be, $18 million or something like that. But now you're also having a player who's looking to for a pillow contract, who he signed a, basically agreed to a pillow contract, is going to want to go on and prove his worth um, to the open market and whatever else. And then now you're faced with the fact that, like, uh, you, there's a bit of a professional obligation to play him. Oh, yeah. Right? It's different than, than Tulewitzki, where where you're, 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 you're not, you, you don't have that same sort of, uh, obligation, and if it's John Gibbons or whoever else uh, ends up managing the team next year, that's something that we could prove to be a very difficult situation. If if it's too low and it's a difficult situation, well, then it's like okay, Troy, it's time to maybe move on with the next stage of our relationship as a team and as an organization and as yourself as a ball player. But mm-hmm. Donaldson, you know, you can't, you're not going to sign him to extend him a qualifying offer and then cut him or well, you go yeah, through all of this just you to literally. Trade him for, you literally can't trade him until mid June, right? I mean, that's probably. Well, yeah, it. there's that. Yeah. And I, I looked into that, and I had a couple, you know, people uh, who know collective bargaining agreements, lawyer types, uh, and it seems like it was poorly worded in there. But but the the majority of people seem to feel that the way the, that the CBA is worded is that uh, you can't trade a player without his consent, and nor can you trade him for contracts slash. Uh, cash worth uh, any more than fifty thousand dollars, so you basically can't trade them. I mean, like what contract, what player contract is worth less, worth less than that? Uh, it is so weirdly worded that somebody suggested that maybe there would be, you know, you could challenge that. Uh, 
uh, if you really wanted to 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 do a sign and trade and got his consent and uh, but but generally those things don't happen and I think it's for that reason. So yeah, you would basically uh, assuming the status quo in terms of all that stuff, uh, he'd be here until mid June at the at the earliest, which means yeah, you have to go through a lot of dealing with having Donaldson front and center playing third on what's probably going to be a bad team being, you know, being who he is in that room and, and, and all that, which I don't think is you know, necessarily any, you know, all that detrimental. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just a very, it would be a weird situation for them to do that. It would. Uh, and, and well, I mean, from the Blue Jays front office perspective, if you have Josh Donaldson there playing third, playing third base every day until at least mid June, heaven forbid you have to maybe you have to keep a, a certain third baseman to be in the minor leagues. So uh, you know because you want him to play, you're not going to bring him up just to sit. So leave him down there. Keep gaming that service time forever, <laughs> but, I mean, forever. Well, yeah, <laughs> there is. I assume. I think I've seen uh, Keith Law tweeting about that too. I mean, he is missing development time right i mean he's never seen consistent big league caliber pitching and he's been ready for it for like half a year and it's going to be another are we saying he's going to be another year of him just goofing around hitting triple a pitchers that are, are completely overmatched i mean that's that's not exactly ideal either i mean i know people it's weird the fucking people out there who will who will be like no but it's it's his defense they've got he's got to be a, a polished defender before they can bring him up which is just completely absurd not not how that works ask Teoscar Hernandez how good your defense has to be before you, the the a team will let you just play every day in the big leagues anyway uh, i mean obviously you want it to get better but but yeah i mean that that would I don't know that that would be it's it's a good it's a good joke, but I don't know that that would be ideal for them, right? I think that they probably are getting to the point where they need to have him face some real competition. He did hit a home run tonight as well. He always does, I feel. Or what's that worth? He only had one hit though, one for four with a home run and two strikeouts. Oh, no, sorry, those are left on base. He doesn't. Strike <laughs> I uh, I was looking I, in my fantasy pool. I was like looking at uh, Luis Urias, who just came up for the. Uh, or is getting the, the call Padres. for the Padres, and like the little Yahoo fantasy, uh, you know, note on him talked about his slash line in AAA, which is probably in fucking PCL or wherever the fuck he's playing, uh, and it was like, you know, it was like two seventy three three sixty four eighty or something like that, and they're like, what's even more impressive is that he's only twenty one years old, and I'm like, oh, good lord, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's real impressive. <laughs> I mean, I that's almost a... as impressive as having. Nine strikeouts. <laughs> I know he's a shortstop, but still, it, it yeah, it gives, it gives nine strikeouts in yeah. eighty-six plate appearances at AAA. That's impressive too. But so fifteen walks, so very the, impressive. So the Donaldson thing. The thing about this is, and, and the, I may have a piece up uh, before this podcast goes up about it. Is like he he's very possibly. Already played his last game as a Blue Jay. Even if they if they get him into a game this week, if they rush him through a rehab and, and, and get him into the big leagues, he's at least very possibly played his last home game as a Blue Jay. And it's such a weird way to go out for such a, an enormous figure in the history of the team, right? I mean, but that's that seems like where this is going, right? I mean, that's what the chatter has been about them wanting to trade him, the, you know, before this the end of this week if they can. And it's... 
Uh, it's just it's so weird. It's like oh, so Donaldson just weird. disappeared it's in really, mid in mid really May, and then bad. we never saw him again. Yeah, it's it, for a guy who was so you know everything. And, and uh, it is such a weird way that not only like because he was yeah, it's just it's the worst. It just ended so poorly. Everything about it is uh, has ended very badly. And I mean, I, 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 like this is all chatter, but I mean, a lot of it came from Shy talking about that on, on Blair's show, and I think he's done it a couple times, talking about how he doesn't think that they're gonna uh, give him the qualifying offer, and that's why they want to trade him. And I mean, that's that that is a that is a fellow who is is plugged in, right? I mean, and and there's not been a lot of pushback to the idea that that's where they're going with it. Obviously, the timeline of the injury stuff. Uh, you know, that seems to be where that's going with it. If you're Josh Donaldson, you want to get traded. You want it the, you know, even if you might accept the qualifying offer, you don't want that draft pick around you. If, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that would help, that would be helpful to you this, uh, this winter, I think. Um, especially if the Jays, well, I mean, I guess if the Jays aren't going to offer the qualifying offer, then it doesn't matter. But, but I, I, I mean, it's, it feels like they, they are trying to get this under the wire, get him in there. Uh, that there's an urgency to it and the locker being cleaned out thing. I mean, do we make too much of that? Or I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what the process normally is when a guy, you know, goes out on a rehab I think assignment, that's more but, than... it, they, but it seemed like the, the, the suggestion was that it was an odd uh, occurrence. It was definitely presented in a, with, with, there was just enough context lacking that it, seemed odd and then there would nobody rushed us to immediately dismiss it like that's what happens when they go out on rehab assignments all the time uh or whether or not they've had a locker even though they've been away from the team since essentially may although he he has been around i mean he was with the team i while i was there in june and he was there uh hanging out talking about i don't know whatever and he was in the clubhouse but uh but that's a long time ago now yeah you know and and uh but yeah, the, the lock, I mean, the weird. locker thing, it just, you know, if common sense or just, it just makes sense that, okay, yeah, if they think that he's, that he's never going to get back to that locker because he's going to get in a rehab game and as soon as they figure out what happens with these trade waivers, he's going to be going somewhere. Uh, it doesn't seem far-fetched, which, which, you know, again, just is, uh, it's hard to process that that that, that Donaldson era <laughs> ended in May, perhaps, and we just don't yeah. know it yet. With like a with a the whimperiest whimper. Yeah. Well, I look. I looked. Not, I looked not only did the, the Donaldson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I looked it up. For, I looked it up for the piece. It was like a, a fucking eight-one loss to. I might. Have, I don't think it was the Orioles, but it was an eight-one loss to uh, maybe the Angels. Regardless, uh, his last hit a single that immediately doubled off uh, uh, on a Solarte. Uh, grounder, uh, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Then next, you know, next day, or I think that was his last home game, maybe. And then you know, a couple of days later, goes off the field with the calf thing, and and there he goes. The the guy who was on track to be like one one B with Robbie Alomar for the greatest Blue Jays player ever. You know, if he continued on the you know mm-hmm. the, the the seven eight WAR per season track that he was clearly on. It's uh, yeah, it's fucked. Not not only it's interesting also that his season ended with the calf injury, but a season began which the season so it wasn't even like it was a real season because the season began with the shoulder injury when on opening day he could barely throw the ball across the infield. Yeah, yeah. 
when he's 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 fielding ground balls and 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 pitching them across the infield like Ryan fucking Zimmerman, and we're all sitting there. We were at that the rec room, yeah, all having yeah. a heart attack. Collective, yeah. like, oh my god, what is wrong? <laughs> no, yeah. he yeah. looks like he's gonna die. Uh, it's terrible. Although one thing I would on an unrelated note. So again, so we don't know what's going on with Josh Johnson. Maybe he has played his last game. It'll be interesting to see if he can get some rehab games in. I don't know. I I wonder. A part of me now wonders, pure speculation, that that if there isn't something of a soft deal in place, like someone's like, yeah, sure, yeah. we'll take him. We'll give you here's the here are our, our prospects, our top fifteen to thirty prospects, pick two or whatever it might be. If he could get healthy before the end of the month, we've got a deal. And nothing. Although they've also said he hasn't been through waivers yet, right? He couldn't. They so couldn't put that, him on until until he shows that he's healthy, which at least means, I believe, from what I've read, but don't quote me on it, means playing playing in a rehab game as opposed. Uh, though I'd earlier seen just being you know sent on a rehab assignment. I don't know what the actual distinction is, but yeah, they can't have put uh-huh. him on waivers yet. They weren't allowed, which is wild. So, um, yeah, so that could complicate any soft deal. But the soft deal idea certainly fits with if you're going to, you know, put your tinfoil hat on for the, the locker room stuff, for the locker stuff. Uh, I mean, and why wouldn't they? I mean, they've had a lot of time and they they they, they certainly, I, if you're another team, I don't think you're like, no, no, we're going to wait till he's healthy, get scouts down on him. Do, you know, you, that, that, yeah. there's no point and no time for that. So... Presumably, they, a lot of talks have already happened, and there's there are options on the table, which is why it really feels like this could be it. It's like they've bought a house and they've put it in with no um, no conditions, but cash only. Like <laughs> you, you got it better come with all of it. You could buy the house; the roof might leak, but you pay with cash. Off we go. Uh, one other note that and I also, did want to oh, say actually, was, actually, also just to say. Uh, I forget. Was it the Verlander deal? Like there, there are deals now that it's like conditional. Like if you play, you know, you could make a conditional deal where you know you get to pick this guy from you know from this list if we make the playoffs or if he yeah, plays yeah, whatever yeah. you know. And and it would not surprise me at all if uh, if that's something that ends up you know coming of this as well. So one thing I was thinking that uh, related to third base. Which was the the discussion? This is this is not really related to our old only discussion, but the 2019 schedule was released, and then immediately people started doing some Vlad math, saying that <laughs> yeah. it's it's. I think they said it was the 12th. Was it the like there were however, however many days into the season? If the season is 180 days, whatever. So there was there was there was a day that they had picked. It was either the 11th in Boston, April 11th in Boston, or, or April 12th against the Rays, is when he would be eligible to come up. So right. then, uh, my my thinking was then that they would wait and don't, not do it at, when they're at home. Yeah, that's a lot they, of times. The Jays, I think that they would probably do. The that. Jays go on the road on uh, March or April fifteenth at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe that would be the day, but then also Minnesota in April. Maybe you don't want to bring them up and get have the game fucking snowed out. So maybe then you got to wait all the way to the to the end of the week. So. Those are some dates to yeah. dates to watch. I, if I was betting, I would say either the fifteenth or if the weather was bad, then the nineteenth. That's when you see Vlad. The the two things. I mean, they they also. They, I mean, they have guys to play third base too. I mean, they could. It would it would seem absurd, but they could try to push it to the Super Two deadline, uh, which again absurd. But uh, the other thing is that I think the Chris Bryant grievance 
basically happened because like somebody got injured and it was like they called him up on the day like the the, the second that it was that it was uh clear that he wouldn't uh, that he'd push off that year of free agency they called him up and so that made it look more suspicious and i think fueled the the grievance so i mean if they uh they may they may want to avoid cutting it too close to that line just to make it you know not seem quite as obvious so maybe they'll wait for an injury a, a, a person to 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 falter a bit at the plate or, or some reason or other to uh, to delay it just a little more and make it look a little more natural like okay he's he's pressed into duty now or April 19th in Oakland that's my <laughs> new lock oh that's when we'll see him uh, so let's talk one more um, old guy Kendrick Morales who would have ever seen this coming? Some very smart man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was convinced that this, this Kendrick Smiles was going to have a big year this year. Lo and behold. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was pretty convinced he was going to be right last son. year. Get some shine. What? <laughs> Sorry? I said shine. You shine on. Uh, you, this no, is yours. I, can't, I, I mean, fuck. I can't gloat about every... Stupid thing that I think that ends up being right because then I would feel have to feel shame about all the ones that are wrong. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You know, I mean, and I'm not ready for that. So I'm sure I, that I, <laughs> I'm sure that I, I, I saw uh, super bad or uh, uh, birds all day super fan Rob Irkane on Twitter talking about how they're going to have change the name of this show to Crows all day because someone <laughs> needs to eat crow for their for their Kendrick Morales comments, and I assumed that was directed towards me. Uh, I I won't, I'll have to go back to the archives, which would involve listening to any of these shows even once. But uh, I'm sure that I had many awful things—not awful things—but it was like, nah, he's done. He had like a 450 OPS in May or whatever. Like he was cooked. Oh, I mean, I was way off the fucking bandwagon at that point too, right? I, yeah, <laughs> that's another reason I can't gloat because I full on came over to the dark side. It was it was just the off season where I'm like, no, he'll be he'll be okay, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's been, I, I mean, it's ridiculous what he did there for seven games. and uh, But it's not just those seven games either, right? I mean, he was terrible for like a month and a half. Uh, and then he took those fucking glasses off. It was maybe not even a month and a half. And he's been ridiculous since then. He's now the, lead, the Blue Jays team leader in home runs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he. Uh, th- this is the guy that they had hoped that they would see last year, right? I mean, he is... Uh, uh, he is a, a man who can hit baseballs, and it, it's just you know last year it's so so strange. You know you saw he was just just swinging over curveballs, like breaking stuff was just killing him, and uh, you know there, there was the thing with his splits. You know he was he was killing the ball from the you know, hitting from the uh, right side, but the left side he was just you know banging it into the shift all the time. And I think if you look at the launch angles, that he's done something where he clearly is putting the ball a little bit in the air uh, more, a little bit more in the air. And uh, and yeah, obviously it's uh, uh, it has it has worked out quite well. I mean, it, it not it's it doesn't you know validate I think uh, some of the Statcast stuff because that's always been he's always struck the ball really hard. He's always produced a lot of barrels, but uh, but it just it doesn't translate for other factors. You know, the speed, the shift. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, it's just, it's funny, we're talking, he's got a 121 or a 118 weighted runs created plus right now. I mean, that's not, I think that's what Donaldson has this year. And we're like, man, Donaldson was shit when he was healthy. Uh, <laughs> so like, let's not go too nuts. Um, uh, Donaldson actually was a 104. Oh, so. wow. Okay. Well, 
And, uh, and, and yeah, going into the Morales was 121. I think after his over, he's probably yeah, down around the 118, whatever it might be. But uh, he's still uh, in the top, you know, of the everyday players. He's only behind smoke. He's still over 115. That's all I care about. Was that the number? Yeah. 119. He says at 119 right now. Okay. I mean, that could go but, down. Uh, I really I really think that he's... It's probably time to give uh, give one of the kids a lot of looks at DH. I might not play Kendrick anymore the rest of this season. I might just have him sit. Hey, Teoscar Hernandez has got your back on that one. He's really <laughs> trying to play himself into that full-time DH role. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... So you mentioned before that there's a big uh, log jam positionally and and they've got all these different guys between the, you know they're going to the young rebuilding blue jays are looking at a chance you know potentially could have Troy Tulowski, Josh Donaldson, Russell Martin, Kendrick Morales and Russell Martin did I say that already? You Justin did. Smoke all kind of sitting around trying to you know vying for playing time taking playing time away from kids um of varying pedigree but I think that especially this ability to show some life um, really gives the Blue Jays a good opportunity to trade Kendrick Morales in the offseason. Um, even just to clear up the roster spot. It's, it certainly is going to be easier than it would have been in fucking May had he just continued on that path. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they I mean, would I, probably have to eat some money, but as we said earlier, you know, money is a little bit irrelevant to this team. That's a way that they can keep that payroll high and use that money and clear up a spot. And, you know, I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot for him, but... There are certainly teams that have worse options at DH than Morales, and if you're, you know, and, and he's a guy who people love. There was a quote John John Gibbons today, you know, saying that, uh, uh, you know, from Kansas City, the people over there just said that things really changed for the Royals when he got there. That he's a guy who takes young kids under his wing, which is mm-hmm. maybe a reason the Jays would keep him. But he's someone who, you know, we've seen all year. They talk about how prepared he is, how he's the first guy out there, how he. Uh, uh, you know, puts the work in, and I think there was there's a great quote that I used earlier in the season, which was that you know when he was with the Royals, he'd go watch video and then come with a game plan for every hitter, and is just he's just that kind of guy. And I think Gibbons also mm-hmm. appreciates because you know you've, we've heard this on other players from Gibby, uh, the fact that he's I think he said that he doesn't get too high or too low. You know, he's he's probably enjoying the moment of having success because he's earned it and he worked to get it and he went through those struggles, but mm. uh, you know, he doesn't really show it. And he's somebody who you know believed in himself and kept, uh, kept going, kept doing the things that he felt he needed to do to have success and didn't get down when he was slumping and isn't going to get too high here. And, and, you know, there's just a lot of those intangible things that people seem to really like about Morales, uh, which maybe gives them a chance to trade him. Maybe gives, gives them reason to, uh, to try to fucking put Teoscar in the outfield for another year, uh, as horrendous as an idea as that maybe sounds. We're giving out a lot of uh, playing player coach jobs in the last, <laughs> yeah. in the last hour. <laughs> All right, we got to have Tulo kicking around for Bichette, and then we need to have the, the Cuban connection. So I, I think that it becomes that. So the money is he's owed, he's owed you know thirteen million baseball dollars, which is next to nothing. Um, not next to nothing, but it's manageable to eat money and move them along. So it, it just becomes a bit of a, a balance. If you're the Blue Jays front office and you're looking at what are we going to do in 28, 2019, what are we doing you know, with this this club uh, through between spring training and then the regular season, what's the value of the roster spot and the flexibility that not having him tie that up? Oh, he has played a lot of first base this year, which I think is nice, and that's a nice um, uh, addition to his value if you are maybe looking to move him and then you can – 
open that search up a little bit to a National League team uh, that yeah. may need them, or, or, or another <laughs> AL team that, that well, uh, <laughs> okay. You think hey, he's, he looked bad over there? Have you been disappointed if, with his play at first base? He's not great. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's first base. I mean, if this, yeah, if this was a National League team, would you be like, yeah, there's the guy we want to go and get to play first base for us? I don't know. No, I'd rather have a good defensive first baseman than I give 144 fucking million dollars to, <laughs> and have him stand around and hit ground balls for the next seven fucking years. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, at least it's a sign of life, right? I mean, yes. you're, you're seeing, you've, uh, I'm shockingly enough watching the Angels, and even just out the, the ability that out for Albert Pujols to, to still put a glove on and still go out there and play and play and stand around first base and do his thing has opened so much up for the Angels this year because they're dog shit. But at least they get, they get to see, we get to get Otani uh, into the yes. lineup, which, by the way, uh, I started my mission last, last week or so. Uh, I really, if if he's not going to pitch, which he, he just might, I really need to see the Angels give Otani a start in the outfield. That's all I want. All I want in this whole world is to have Otani running around in the outfield. It would be just so glorious. But uh, uh, Morales, so yeah, he's he's shown signs of life. Uh, there are lots of. I mean, you get we've talked about that team. There there are lots of potential trades uh, that could be that Blue Jays could be looking at between now and then. So yeah, there's a lot of old guys or even like. You know, Devin Travis, as he is, at least showed himself to be healthy. You know, he's playing every day. Yeah. Uh, that, that can't hurt his trade value. The fact that he's bad uh, can't help his trade value. But, uh, I mean, I just, I, I feel <laughs> he's like... He's been better since the start of the year. I mean, we can give him he that. He has... Would I? I don't know. He's a little... It's a little worrisome. He doesn't walk. No, he doesn't walk. No, I, there, there's yeah. Devin Travis, who's been better in the in the first since the, since his slow start, um, also has a 56 weighted runs created plus in the second half. Ugh. After putting up an 84 in the first half, he had one good month of July and a decent month of May, which I think one of those is probably really really short. May was seven games and July was 17. So, uh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, and he's so maybe. Maybe then David Travis is the kind of guy who might be looking at like a maybe being non-tendered. I don't know. Yeah, or sent to sent to Buffalo, but you know, there's there's going to be guys who need that spot. You know, it's I, I can see I can see a team taking a chance on him. Well, he, he'd be but going into his second year of arbitration. Yeah. So even if even if you're the Jason, you non-tender him and then re-sign him back at a lower number. And then you can maybe put him on that shuttle or, or see. But, I mean, for what? Yeah. yeah. For insurance? Well, that is going to anger a lot of people when they non-tender Devin Travis. <laughs> it's hard when you were a member of a good team and people have good memories of you as a decent player. Because that's what he was. He was a decent player. Not, I saw that's, that's in no way an insult. That's in no way a, 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 a slight. He was a decent player on a really good team. Yeah. So someone this week suggesting, wonder, wondering if it's time for the Jays to consider uh, non-tendering Aaron Sanchez. And I was just like, are you mad? That's a bridge too far. Why would you non-tender him when you can trade him for nothing? Which is what <laughs> I would have them do. Uh, I don't really have a lot of time right now to talk about Aaron Sanchez. I think we should uh, we, we got to keep with the, with the script. 
Um, but yeah, uh, if nothing else, the Kendrick Morales thing has been really fun to watch. Because yes, you don't absolutely. get to see guys hit home runs seven games in a goddamn row. Uh, and not and like no cheapies either. They're they are Kendrick Morales Kendrick Morales home runs that they definitely stay hit after he hits them. It's de- it's delightful. Yeah, no, yeah. When he's good, it's it's nice to watch. It's uh, that was a thing I tweeted this weekend, right? Like when the team wins games, they've won five in a row or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, they're a lot more likable. You start you start realizing, okay, yeah, I could get behind this. I could. I'm starting to squint and see. All right, you know. Don't want to talk about the Youngs too much, but yeah, you know Danny Jansen and and uh, and Guriel and whatnot, who all who whoever was contributing to those uh, successes, uh, kind of look like you know something you can believe in in the future. And yeah, so it is. It's a lot more enjoyable when when good things are happening. Breaking news. Well, that that was a nice weekend. Again, the players' weekend. Players' weekend really bringing the energy, uh, bringing the energy back, and and uh, and. Winning some winning some ball games, you know, winning like you said, it, it does pure winning and comebacks, right? A whole stage of yeah. big comeback after the best, the top of your rotation guy, fucking sucks in his return from the DL. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, that's what we're watching for now, right? This is what we're watching. We're watching for the kids. We're going to talk about probably in great in greater detail later this week, and. I got to say, I'm disappointed that they haven't been able to make a deal with Curtis Granderson. Um, I get that maybe there's not a big appetite out there for him. But to have him now kind of been shuffled off to the side uh, is a shame. Because, uh, I mean, she, I'm sure he's take, taking it with, uh, with, uh, you know, with all the professionalism that he has come to be known for. But uh, I would like to see him have another shot to play with a contender. I mean, there's no, he's the kind of guy that, that could even accept a trade into September, right? He, he, did, he did it last year. Did he do that last year? No, he, he was in August no, he, or September. He was eligible for the playoff roster. He just wasn't added to it, I believe. So I think it was, he must have been traded in August. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I want to see mm. is, uh, is you know, you got to, you know, the Jays, the Jays want to maximize what they can get uh, for for these guys. So just pack, package them all up. Give, give some team Donaldson, Morales, Granderson, eat all the money. And then get as good a prospect for that package as you can. Now, that that might that, that might be a new paradigm in terms of August trades. Just uh, uh, you know, that's the, th- those are three guys that'll really help you. Might be able to get a uh, an actual legitimate prospect out of that package as opposed to the nothing you're going to get for them separately. Find a team with a strong <laughs> with farm three, system, yeah. but no idea how to manage a twenty five man roster. <laughs> Wherever could they find a team like that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's too bad. Uh, it, it's not too bad. It's whatever. I mean, maybe having him around is good. He's not like you know, it's not doing any harm. It's not like he's making Teoscar Hernandez a worse outfielder out there. No, people I are mean, really, no, really, really. Uh, I feel like, especially when it's an outfield. Well, maybe not. I think maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit of an apologist. But I think that once someone gets a bad reputation for being a bad defender, um, especially in the, in the outfield. It just sort of all eyes end up being on them, and then anything that they do, any misstep or any misplay or any difficult play that they don't make, um, becomes a symptom of their being bad. But I really do think that Teoscar Hernandez is pretty bad outside. <laughs> I, I do tend to agree, but it's it, it's compounded when it is a season like this and a part of this of a season like this, where it's it, I it, what irks me sometimes is just the chorus from the from you know my twitter list of of the reporters and stuff when you know 
you can you can feel who's all sitting together, and every time he makes a misplay, they're just ah, oh, oh, there we go again. Oh, you know, griping about the the defense because you know it's it's a legitimate gripe that kind of stands in for griping about. Oh, I'm here watching this fucking team again. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well, John Lott, wrote a, John Lott wrote a story about his outfield defense and the work that he puts in trying to improve. The you know, team, Tim yeah. Leifer, they're trying to work with him. Yeah. And he's like, the numbers suggest that he's quite bad. And then you've got a uh, local hero, Steve Simmons, like, you need, you need your numbers to say that. Like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Steve. That's very constructive, really adding a lot to the conversation. Um Hey, Steve, you, <laughs> Steve, got, Steve got me to buy a, a copy of the Toronto Sun the other week, so good job Why? for him. What you, you bought a copy on, of the paper? He shit on me in the paper, yeah. Oh, you had to buy to cut it out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's go. That's Bring going, that one. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's uh, the locker room bulletin board right there. That's what You I, are a hopeless stooge <laughs> for the team. I mean, I think everyone, no one is ever going to dispute that. When I, uh, yeah, when I need some extra motivation. Just fucking look at that. It's like fucking Steve. Unbelievable. Uh, interesting. No, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, let's not. It's um, not worth the time. Anything else? What else you got going on? I think that, that's about it. I think that's about where we are with the with the old, the 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 established, the the the, the guard uh, of of your 2018 uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Next or later this week, uh, we'll take a look at the uh, the up and coming, the future. Or, if not the future, then the kind of stand-in young guys that are designed to look like the future, but are just kind of some guys. Yeah, that's a, that's a theme, isn't it, a little bit? Well, we'll see. The one, the one <laughs> I think that, that, that might be closer to a guy is the one they sent right back down. But we'll talk. We'll figure that out. They need him to figure out who he is as much as uh, what he can do in the outfield. Uh, anything else? I, I am drinking right now a delicious beverage um, that... Is uh, I mentioned beautiful Georgian Bay. Uh, there's a new brewery in Perry Sound called Trestle, Trestle Brewer Company, and it is mm-hmm. terrific. They make a nice, nice beer, and the brewery is on a beautiful spot on the river, looking out over the the Georgian Bay. Um, and uh, Perry Sound is a great place. Georgian Bay, there's no place like it, except there's one place like it, and that is Norway. Uh, Stoughton and I were talking about it off camera or off uh, off air a little bit about the sh- the, the phenomenon known as slow TV. Um, and it is my favorite thing that there is a show on Netflix called Slow TV, and it's I, I, I should get the name right, but it's basically an eight-hour show on Netflix that is a camera stuck to the top of a train that travels <laughs> from Bergen to Oslo uh, through the mountains and up the, some through some fjords and shit. Like literally, it's the top. It's like a, the top of a snowy mountain, uh, and then it and it's just a tra- it's a, it's a sta- static camera with no voiceover other than. The train can the train announcements when they pull into a given port, and there's also a little bong noise that plays when they go <laughs> through a bridge, and then the name of it is written in Norwegian on the screen. The greatest show on Netflix by leaps and bounds. It so they does. added a new show. Hmm? Mm-hmm. No, go. So go they, on, they go added. On. A, so this slow TV is, I guess, is a thing in Norway because now there's a show on another. There's another uh, slow TV episode that's eleven and a half hours long, and it's a single boat ride. This boat goes down this river through a bunch of locks and stuff, and it's amazing. It's the best show ever because, well, other than the fact that they've upped the production value a little bit and it kind of detracts from the experience because there's more than one camera, but they you sit there and you watch the boat in the lock as the lock fills with water, and then off it goes into the next, uh, making its way up the river. Terrific. Arresting, spellbinding television. But 
the one thing when you're watching when I'm watching that is how similar the terrain is to like the Canadian Shield to kind of central northern Ontario the rocks and trees and black ass water and stuff. It's, it's cool. It's a, it's a really uh, it's a wonderful piece of the world. I, I've never been to Norway, but I would kill kill to check it out. It's uh, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's sure it's lovely. I do want to check out that show. That sounds very good. Though I must admit, when uh, when you said Netflix and slow TV, I thought you were, at first you were talking about uh, it's a it disenchanted. Whatever that new is that piece the of graining? shit fucking graining thing is. Yeah. yeah. Holy Christ. Well, remember the Netflix model. This is what I'll say about any of these shows. Because the, the gripe about Netflix shows is always the same. It's that there are there's two the seasons are too long relative to the story they have to tell. Mm-hmm. But like any startup, so you plug your ears for this part. Like sure. any startup, they're as much <laughs> in the business of driving the competition out of business yeah. than they are in creating the best product they can. So Netflix knows that if you're watching 11 or 10 episodes of their show, even if it only needs to be eight, it's still two more hours you're spending with Netflix than you are doing literally anything else. So that's that's the model that they operate under. So the, all their shows are padded out, all of them, every single, the Marvel, excuse me, the Marvel shows, uh, the other ones that are good, uh, any of them, the, I mean, the, the good is relative, but there's always more than there needs to be because they just want to keep you watching. The only the big thing with the Netflix shows is they know how long it takes before you to get hooked. And it, some shows it's more and some shows it's less. less. They got to get you to that point. And once you're in, if it's four, four and a half or three and a half episodes, once you're in, they can they can waste your fucking time as much as they want. They don't give a shit because they know you're 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 hooked and well, you're in. You're going to be there to the final. You think that? I mean, they're not they're not intentionally making these episodes bad off the hop. But I, I you know, no, but they. Say, I, I think I mean, you're right about the model. Absolutely, it's only it's like a it's like a we're a, we're a, a, a sports writing startup to to graining is the equivalent of say redacted. Uh, so, so <laughs> hiring, you know, a big shot uh, guy that uh, that has pull as well. Well, they give so, them, they give these fair. guys, they give these people, um, these these big name creatives. If it's uh, well, the guy from Gravity Falls, I saw Gravity Falls like an animated show. He got a he got a deal. Um, the Duplass brothers, obviously, they have a really well established model that works on Netflix because it's stuff that that would be kind of art house style movies, but there's no really room for those anymore. Um, so then they all they, they debut on Netflix, and uh, you know Seth Rogen has a deal, big deal with Netflix, where they they kind of leak this stuff out or, or Chappelle's deal, whatever it might be. But but uh, I don't think they say make we're going to make ten episodes, make two of them bad. But it's like okay, this is a ten episode order, and even right. if, so if you're the show the showrunner's like, oh, well, we got to fill it ten. We could do this with eight, and they plot it out, and it's like, no, nah, it's got to be ten. Which uh, it, which in some ways is a, is an improvement on because I. Whenever you go back and think about old TV shows, like Cheers and things like that, they're making 24, 26 episodes a year, which is crazy. It really is, yeah. There's some, Even though yeah. those, the, the format is so different because those shows were like three scenes and it's over, right? Like, okay, well, you got, it's like five acts, but basically three scenes. And Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, the, for, yeah, the format is different. This, this grading show, the, the pacing and the quality of humor, maybe not so different than fucking substandard. 80s sitcoms but not the cheers was substandard but yeah fair and and i will and i will admit you know bojack did not you know hit the ground running either and people were a little weird with that at first and it, it, it very gradually turned into you know an incredible show uh that you know for me just just makes 
<laughs> the fucking episodes I watched of fucking Disenchanted just seemed like <laughs> such utter, like, it was like I was watching fucking Babar. It was awful. Unbelievably <laughs> bad. Unbelievable. I would rather watch, I would rather watch Who's the Boss. I would rather watch Babar. It was awful. So bad. No, I uh, know, I'm, watch... not, I, I'm not a Futurama fan, though. I think that's too corny. Uh, oh, for my for my you know hip urban sensibilities, uh, I think that strokes fucking shit. But uh... you think Futurama <laughs> shit? Yeah, awful. But not there are nearly some really, as... really, really terrific episodes. Of Futurama, not but nearly I as bad. I... As, not nearly as bad as this fucking thing has been. Do you watch I, Big Mouth? I, I watched. I, I you know what? I think I watched an episode probably at my same buddy's place that that was putting these on, uh, and it was all right. But I haven't gotten into it. But I I, I do know that that's a show people uh, people enjoy. Big Mouth is quite funny. I, I quite enjoy it. I, I feel like a show like that, especially with the, the people, the creative people behind it, because it doesn't need to be anything. Like they're, just, they're not really telling the story. It's just like, let's write as many insanely puerile jo- jokes as we can. And we'll, if we write 300 of them, uh, you know, 150 will make it into this episode. And then we'll write 300 more for the next one and see what, exactly what happens. But uh, uh, Big Mouth has its moments, absolutely. It's, wow. uh, I... Yeah, it's well, it's a it's a big broad tar- target, and they hit it pretty hard because the well, people and the voices are talented too. <laughs> Disenchanted has about two hundred ninety six jokes an episode to go. Then they're almost there. <laughs> it was horrendous. Um, all right, I think that's it. We've had the, we've had the Netflix chat here at, uh, on Birds All Day. <laughs> I mean, um, it's an off off season preview, obviously. Well, that's what we're going to dive all the way into the movies, into the, into the movie chat. <laughs> so this will be a big off season, unless they do what I'm, I was just suggesting and package all all of their players to one team at once <laughs> right now. Well, uh, we've said it many times that Justin Smoke is an upgrade at first base for a very astonishing amount of teams, <laughs> contending teams, good team, yeah. could use a player like Justin Smoke. Like what happens to the Dodgers when Mac Muncy turns back Max Muncy turns back into a pumpkin. Like that's that's going to be a problem for them. That's going to be a problem that they're going to need to solve. What did you did? Do you have thoughts on smoke? Not to fucking belabor this episode too much, but smoke passed through waivers unclaimed, which I thought some people probably rightly were like, really, like why why aren't you just claiming that contract? Like even if they're like, sure, take it. Isn't that a win for like? Well, I team he's got an option, even if you don't want him for you know six million next year or whatever like cheap price it is, you're just gonna decline it. And, and I, I, I I will I will editorialize or I will go out on the limb and say that he went through unclaimed because the teams recognized that the Jays would pull him back. Would just pull him back, yeah. Okay. That that's, that there that's is probably. no August deal that could be made that would be fair value for what Justin Smoke uh can do on the field and also for the value that he represents in terms of his marginal value relative to his option in his contract. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that, I don't think that they would have done that because then they lose their waiver priority. Uh, Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, But once they do make that claim, I'm not sure if they do then retain the same spot in the pecking order if it's whoever else that goes through. So that would be my guess that that there is no fair trade to be made. So that makes sense. But I, that, I mean, anytime a good guy doesn't go doesn't get claimed on the way through, it's it's generally a surprise, especially if the if the contract is agreeable or 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 short in term. Um, I mean, Bryce Harper got claimed. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and that, Matt that, Adams. Yeah, I mean, that also leads to perhaps the, uh, uh, you know, the Donaldson 
stuff. I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm not. I haven't thought this through. So maybe this is going to sound stupid, but uh, I don't know. If you're making if you're making soft deals with people, it's like, oh, you guys, you guys claim them, and that's this is our deal, and then mm-hmm. we don't have. You know, then it doesn't matter if you. Uh, you know, if somebody tries to block you, if you have if you have deals set up with a bunch of teams that might claim him, then uh, then the idea of him having to pass through waivers to be traded maybe doesn't necessarily uh, be so big. But obviously, mm. teams would still could still block. Or who knows? Who knows? We'll see what happens this week. But uh, we may not see him again in a Blue Jays uniform, which is fucking weird to think. It'd be nice to see him at least even come back. I don't know if they play against Houston and Cleveland um, still this year. So there's a chance that a good if, if he goes to a good team, a couple of them are coming through town. I'm sure the Yankees are coming through again, although I don't know that he would be if that they would make that happen. They've got Andujar, who's a, a monster, and the Yankees need someone to play the outfield. Maybe yeah, they should like just, package hmm? Granderson, good Granderson Donaldson package right there. They sh- they should have done the Granderson thing. I mean, they could go and take the fork out of Jacoby Ellsbury's back, but uh, <laughs> whatever. That's it. That is it for this edition of Birds All Day. Uh, we will be back, as I said, again this uh, later this week. We're going to talk about the young guys. Today was about the old. Later this week will be about the youngs. Uh, in the meantime, you can read Stoughton at The Athletic, as we've uh, alluded to many times already in this episode. Uh, what's the story? You, you've got, you filed something and you're waiting for it to go live? No, I haven't quite written the, all of it yet, but it's, it is about Josh Donaldson's legacy. I wanted to get out front on that because I feel like it's the thing that I'm going to have to write about sooner or later anyway. Because uh, that's ending real soon. Well, I'm glad that I look forward to reading that. Um, do you? Never, <laughs> hmm? I do. do you? Okay. I wonder if this, this should be your thesis. Well, that should be your thesis. But we we had you and I in particular had a very hard time appreciating Josh Donaldson during his entire Blue Jays tenure. Mm-hmm. So it's only fitting that he then will slip away off into the night, uh, unnoticed and unremarked upon, and he'll fade from the memory, and we will be all idiots for allowing that to happen. Uh, because it was a, definitely a bit of a supernova type of situation, where he just came in and was so good so quickly and for so long, or almost the entire time, until uh, he got hurt, which is what happens in this terrible world. Uh, so yeah, keep your eye out on that. Uh, I, hopefully, maybe if I can get my uh, business together, I have a, have a story this week on Vice Sports about uh, that guy on my TV, Shohei Otani. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, and, of course, keep your eye out and your ear out for the show coming later this week. Uh, you could, The best way to keep your ear on it is, of course, by uh, subscribing. Subscribing to the show. You can do it on iTunes. You can rate and review it and uh, leave a comment there as well. That's something we always and greatly appreciate. And uh, you can head over to soundcloud.com slash birds all day. Grab the RSS if you want to get it right away as soon as it's uploaded. Before anybody else, before we have a chance to fix any of the mistakes. That there are innumerable mistakes that we make you know, on a week-to-week basis that I make. And then Stoughton has to then clean up. Um, and of course, this is a Patreon-powered podcast. So if you want to head to patreon.com slash birds all day and, uh, and, and support the show. And keep us going. And keep us, uh, keep us honest. And keep us uh, living right. You can do that at patreon.com slash birds all day. And we are very appreciative. We want to say thank you to every single person who's done it at any point over the last 180 episodes. Never thought that we'd get here. But here we are. So, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you later this week on Birds All Day. <laughs>